before I started going to recover, I would get angry and I would just spin out of control. I would like say things that I didn't mean. I would throw things and I would just get so angry. It's like a tornado where you're just like spinning out of control in your mind. And then something would like bring me back to reality and I would realize, wait, what just happened? Welcome to the Sick Mom Guide Podcast. If my mom can do it, you can too. Hi, I'm your host, Jen Hardy. I'm the mom of seven kids, ages 7 to 29, and a collector of eclectic diseases. I started this show to give a voice to moms with chronic illness, and today that voice is going to be talking about anger. Right now, as I'm recording this, it's December and we're knee deep in the holiday season. And even though it's supposed to be a special time of the year, it can also be a time of stress. And let's face it, all moms get angry. But sometimes we get angrier than we know we should. We show our temper in ways that we know we shouldn't. And that's what we're going to be discussing today. I've got an amazing guest, Amanda Huffman. She was an officer in the Air Force and served a deployment in Afghanistan. She's going to be discussing how coming back from that triggered her to have some extra anger. She's also going to talk about how she's been getting through it and some changes that she's made. We've got some links to some help in the show notes if you need help. And also, I'm going to be talking about some ways that you can cope with your anger at the end of the show if you find that it's just reaching levels that you don't want it to be reaching. So first, we'll talk to Amanda, and then we'll get to my five strategies for coping with mom anger. Hi, Amanda. How are you doing today? I'm good. Good. Awesome. Um, we can just dive right in and talk about um, your time in the service. That sounds good. Um, my degree, well, I did ROTC um, at Fresno State in California, and I got my degree in civil engineering, and um, that's what I did in the Air Force, and I commissioned as a second lieutenant. Um, I guess I should also say I met my husband while I was in ROTC, so we got married and then got stationed together in New Mexico for our first assignment. I applied to get my master's in civil engineering at AFIT, the Air Force Institute of Technology, and instead of going there, um, the Air Force decided to send me to Afghanistan in 2010 on an Army deployment. Um, The Air Force and Army have a agreement unbeknownst to the military people um, where they like loan out people for different deployments. So did you think that you would end up going to Iraq or Afghanistan when you joined? Yes. When I was um, doing what it's called field training. So it's kind of like boot camp, but it's for officers. Mm-hmm. They talk about how more than likely you would deploy And then when I went active duty and found out how much civil engineers deployed, I knew that it was inevitable that I would deploy eventually. Um, Maybe not to Afghanistan or Iraq because there's so many different things that civil engineers are doing around the world. Um, I kind of hope that would be what I would do. I was hoping for an Air Force deployment or, you know, not 
Afghanistan and then I got the army and I was like, no, that's not what I wanted. So what was it like during your deployment? Were you at a, were at a big place or you were at a forward operating base? We were at a forward operating base. We were about an hour from Bagram. So we would go to Bagram um, because the way that Kapisa was, it was like right across from Bagram. So sometimes we would go um, from Arfab to Bagram and then run missions to the north part. And so we spent some time at Bagram, but um, it was just to run missions out of Bagram. And then, but we lived at the FOB. Um, which is about an hour drive or a 15-minute helicopter ride. So at that point where you were, was it considered like a safe place to be or is it dangerous to be out there? Uh, most of Kapisa was pretty safe. The northern part was Tajik, and they are more um, friendly towards Americans. And I could give in a whole bunch of history, but you probably don't care. So let's <laughs> do that. Um, and then the bottom half is like more Pashtun, and that's more of, um, I wouldn't say they're anti American, they're just more conservative and just a different type of feeling. Um, and so <clears throat> we couldn't drive, we had to, if we wanted to go to the southern part, we would go to Bagram and then down to Kabul, and then come up from Kabul, because it was too, um, it wasn't safe to drive straight down from where our fob was to the construction projects that we had, and so it was southern to Gob. Um, and so, so it was, so there were dangerous parts, but we kind of avoided a lot of the dangerous areas, because our mission wasn't to, we were there to help people who were friendly, and not interact with, like, we weren't taking out IDs or looking for bad people. So we um, planned a lot of our missions around not running into people who didn't like us. So oh, that's okay. Well, that's, that's a nice deployment. That is yeah. easier. We, so, we did get shot at um, one major time we got shot at and then a few other like minor things, but no one from our team got hurt. Um, thankfully. So, so it was, I mean, there was still risk, but we tried to minimize it where we could. Right. Well, that's great. About how many people were on your FOB? Well, it was a French FOB. And I think there were, the FOB was only a mile in diameter. I know there were like 150 Americans and about 100 of them were the PRT. Um, and then I feel like there were a thousand, but I don't, I don't know for sure. If I if I'm remembering that right, and then they also had some um, Afghan national forces there, a really small group, probably about the same as Americans, 150, 200 people. Um, so all in that mile diameter. Um, so okay, and about how long did you stay there? I was deployed from February to October. So that's a considerable. Yeah, it was a nine-month deployment. So what did you notice um, different about the effects of deployment on women than men? Um, I would say the that women are kind of more, not emotional in a bad way, just we deal with our emotions in a different way. And we kind of, I, I process a lot of my stuff out loud and with my friends. And um, so, and I think that, 
the guys didn't really talk about stuff as much. And um, I think we were just all affected in different ways. And a lot of the reason I can't answer it really well is because over there, I couldn't really feel a lot of difference, but I think coming home, there's a lot of difference with how we deal with everything. So does that make sense? Yeah, that totally makes sense. How did your deployment affect you personally? Um, when I feel like, I feel like a lot of the effect of the deployment didn't happen until years later, like now. So it was 2010. And like at the time, um, there were some things that I dealt with, I guess. Okay. The more you talk about it, the more it makes sense. Um, there were a lot of personality, uh, differences that was that, that was the hardest part of the deployment for me. I would say that the um, the combat stuff was something that like I expected and was trained for, but the military didn't really do a good job of preparing us for dealing with a different type of like um, personalities and dealing with the way people act. Um, I sometimes in my blog posts I wrote about how it's kind of like an alternate universe where like social parameters that people use in like normal life in the States. Um, they kind of like go out the window and like the gray area isn't gray. And then like the stuff that you would think is like totally off limits is where the gray area is. And so that part of it, I think, um, and I don't know if that's something that I noticed as just being a female, but there were a lot of people were talking about, like sex openly and like sleeping around and that's and there were rumors about like what different people were doing and just that was hard to deal with um personally because I wasn't doing anything but I know that people were talking about it because people were talking to me about it, other people and I was like do you know this is happening they're like I'm sure it is and I was like so it was just kind of like just and then people talking behind each other's backs and like people who are supposed to be like the people protecting you like your battle buddies and then you find out that they're talking about you behind your back and like trying to actually hurt your career or hurt your overall team dynamics that part was really really difficult and that's probably what I'm mostly dealing with years later because when I got home I just didn't think about that at all and so that makes sense. Yeah, I know with a lot of people, they don't realize how being over in a war zone affected them at all. Um, I know from personal experience, because my husband was in Iraq. So when he came home, he felt like everything was fine and normal when he was home, but everything was not fine and normal. Um, and it's taken us, he got back in 2010 also, and we're just dealing with some things from that deployment. So I totally can relate to what you're talking about, not from the service member's perspective, but from the spouse's perspective that, you know, things that we, that I could see that he couldn't see. Um, Cause I think a lot of it is overwhelming. And so you have to just kind of compartmentalize it and not deal with it and be like, Hey, I'm home. I'm going to focus on being home now. And this is good. You know, I've got my husband, I've got, you know, my life to focus on. And unfortunately some of that stuff is still in the background and if it's not dealt with, um, which a lot of people don't want to deal with it. And, and I don't know if, if, it, if it's the same for you. I know he was Army. 
and he was over Army National Guard was his deployment. And they're trained not to think about the bad stuff and not to complain. So I don't know if that is the same for you. I don't know if they like specifically said that, but I can relate to like, yeah, you don't focus on the bad stuff. You're focusing on going home or being back with your family. And so then when you get back, that's what you like focus like what's in front of you so that's a really good way to look at it you only focus on what's in front of you so it's easy to just suppress whatever you're you are feeling and not really even be able to notice it that makes a lot of sense so how um how do you think the deployment affected you how are you dealing with what kind of things are you dealing with now because of the deployment um i feel like i'm dealing with anger and unresolved like tension and conflict um and just there's probably stuff that I don't even know that I'm dealing with but I know like I know that it's there but I don't know what it is and so then I have like emotions that I just don't understand um and that's probably the hardest thing is dealing with like I have I get angry over like the silliest things and I'm learning about how to cope with my anger and calm down but I want to find out like what's the root of that anger issue and like not that it won't happen, but that my reaction won't be so intense or so passionate and that I can find the right um, gauge. Okay. So if you're comfortable answering this, so what does it look like when you, when you feel like that just for somebody who's listening, who doesn't understand? Well, I can talk more about um, I've been doing uh, recovery for over a year And when I would, before I started going to recover, I would get angry and I would just spin out of control. I would like say things that I didn't mean. I would throw things and I would just get so angry. And then I would like, usually when I would throw something, um, I would like snap out of like, whoa, I don't even know what I'm mad about. And I've been like spinning out of control. So it's like a tornado where you're just like spinning out of control in your mind. And then something would like bring me back to reality. And I would realize, wait, what just happened? Like I was screaming and acting like, and I don't even know what, it was always like the dumbest thing, like that would make me get so upset. So I knew there was something else going on. And that's why and I didn't want to continue to be that way around my kids. And that's why I went and got help. What advice would you give to another mom who's dealing with that kind of issue? Um, I would first say that you're not alone in dealing. I think a lot of us deal with our anger in like behind closed doors and like hidden spaces. And then we feel really guilty, which I'm not saying it's okay, but it's, it's normal to get angry. Um, and so reaching out for help is like, I don't know if it's the only way, but it's been the best way for me to be able to not only get a control over my anger so that I don't react the same way, but I also learned a lot about like the importance of anger. Cause when I first started going to recovery, I was thinking I'm going to go and I'm never going to get angry again. And then (laughs) Um, I've been reading a lot of books and learning a lot of things and hearing different speakers. And I've learned that like anger is actually a good thing. It drives you to take action. Um, but how you deal with your anger is like, like in the Bible, anger is not a sin, but how you deal with your anger is a sin, um, or it can be a good thing. And so I think a lot of times we just try not to talk about it 
Um, but when you open up and talk about it, you'll find support at the other end and other people and you won't feel, um, I think I felt so alone and it's just really helped me. So just to know that you're not alone and that lots of moms struggle with this and um, it doesn't make you a bad mom. I could go on and on, so I'll stop. No, that's, it's okay. You can go on and on. That's okay. All right. Well, that's awesome. And what would you say your superpower is? Um, I would say uh, I kind of, like, jump into things. And then I – so I don't really, like – I'm an action an actionista. I took a class or something like that. I like to take action. And so we're in the middle of moving. Um, like, there's boxes all around me. And uh, – uh, I already know where we're probably going to go to church. I signed up for mops. I did all these things. So, like, even though we haven't even left California, I'm already starting to get connected. And when I started my blog, I just was like, hey, I'm going to start a blog. And I just did it. And so I kind of take action. And then so I don't sit back and watch as much. So. Well, that's a great superpower. And it's really helpful for what you're going through too. Because like you said, you know, a lot of women are embarrassed and ashamed and they don't want to admit that they're having this problem. And I think a lot of moms get angry more than they would want to and yell and maybe say things to their kids that in hindsight, they wish they hadn't said, but they just, they're just like, oh, this is just part of being stressed out or whatever, instead of saying, oh, maybe I can go and get some help and things will be better. Exactly. So that's good to know. Now, now, how did you find? I actually heard about um, Celebrate Recovery through my church. The pastor mentioned it. And I had been going through a few different things and looking for counseling or something, but it wasn't in our budget to do counseling, um, which I now found I should have looked more into the military because I can get that free. But um, I decided that I would try Celebrate Recovery because it was free. And so there's like no risk. Um, it was still really hard to go to the first meeting. Um, but their motto is to help people with hurts, hangups and habits. And so, um, I feel like, well, I was like, I, I fit. <laughs> so, Cause I'd heard of like other different like support groups for like AA and this and that. And I was, none of them were like, yeah, like, well, now I'm in celebrate recovery. I know a bunch of different ones, but I, none of them seemed to fit like having anger issues. And so um, when he talked about it, the pastor talked about it, I it kind of was like a red flag of like, hey, maybe I should look into it. So I started going. That's great. And then we'll have a link to how to find groups for that in the show notes too. So that if somebody's listening and they think, oh my gosh, that sounds like me and I need help and I can't afford it either. Because a lot of us that have chronic illness or mental problems and we're we spend so much money on treatment and doctors and children. We don't have enough money left at the end. So it's great to know that there's a place that people can get help and not feel like they're draining the family too. Cause I think that's another guilt thing for a lot of us. Yeah. So um, yeah, but the military, they've got a lot of good resources for you, but yeah. yeah, sometimes it's hard to find them. They are there, but sometimes they're very hard to find you don't know the right questions to ask so then when you ask and they're like no and you're like oh okay and then you talk to someone else they're like no i did do this you have to say this oh (laughs) yeah that's awesome well i really appreciate you talking to me today and being so open because 
it's so important that people know that you're still a good mom and you're still okay. And we all go through different times when we need help for different things. And this is one of those things. And I think uh, there's so many women that need to hear your story and need to know that they're okay too. Yeah. So I appreciate you being willing to share that and let them know that they're okay too. Thank you. It's so, not easy, but I know that it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. You're going to help a lot of people. So thank you again. Thank I appreciate you. your time. And I'll talk to you again soon. So first of all, I just want to say how amazingly brave Amanda is to come here and talk about something like being angry and being so angry that you're saying things that you don't mean and you're throwing things. And because honestly, which of us has not done the same thing, but we don't go out and talk about it, do we? Especially for someone who's been in the military, for her to come on here and say, hey, you know what? This is me. This is what I'm doing. And this is how I'm getting help. And this is how you can get help. This is a big deal. I had put a call out for military women to come onto the show. I didn't have certain topics that I wanted. I just wanted you to hear from our female veterans because there are so many of them. And I think a lot of times their voices honestly get lost. And it's important for us to recognize that women have different issues involved with serving and involved with deployments. And I am so respectful of our men and women in uniform. And I wanted just to be sure that we address some of the issues they were having. And Amanda came to me and she said, this is an issue that I'm dealing with. I want to talk about it. And as a military family, my husband served in the army. I understand there is a lot of this happening in the military community. Now, it's also happening everywhere else. I know as moms with illnesses, our shoes, our fuses are short, we're tired, we're sick, we're annoyed. And let's face it, we can get agitated extra easy. So I've come up with five ways that you can help your anger. And you can help your family help you with your anger. So number one is take a timeout. It is my firm belief that timeout is not for kids. It's for the parents. I mean, yes, it's helpful with kids. But to me, if my child is really, really acting out, the best thing for them is for me to have a break from the situation so that I can regroup and help them get it together faster. Because if I don't get a break, sometimes I get frustrated and I may say something that I wish I hadn't said or re react instead of responding, right? Like this knee jerk, boom, this is what's going to happen. So give yourself a timeout. And that may mean like, I'm going in my room and I'm locking the door for five minutes. As long as I know my kids are safe, right? You know, they're safe. Mommy needs a timeout. It's okay. Five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever is okay for your kids and that you need, take that time. Number two, if you feel like things are out of control, like you're going to hurt somebody, you're going to hurt yourself, you're really angry, call somebody, call a neighbor, call a family member, call a friend. If you don't have someone you can call, there's a place called Boys Town. And they have a 24-hour hotline number. It's 
Again, that's 800-448-3000. It's in the show notes. You can call them 24 hours a day, seven days a week and get help. Do not let your anger get to that point where it's completely out of control. Number three, communicate your feelings before you get to the point of anger. And that is a really tough one. I know, especially when you're dealing with little kids, but it's okay to talk to them. Hey, mommy is starting to get frustrated. We need to stop talking about this or mommy needs to, mommy's going to need to take a break. It's okay to communicate how you're feeling. A lot of times we get so wrapped up in our kids and their needs and their feelings that we forget to take time out for ours. Next is to evaluate your expectations. Sit down as a family and talk about what are your expectations? What are they for what everyone's doing at home? What are they for schoolwork? What are they for what you and your partner or spouse or whoever is putting into your relationship and chores at home? Get all of those expectations out on the table and then decide together how realistic those expectations are. Because if you constantly have expectations that are unmet, you're going to be really frustrated. And let me tell you, my husband was in a class the other night and he came home with the most brilliant thing that they taught him. And it goes like this, expectation minus reality equals frustration. Okay, so I'm going to say that again. Expectation minus reality equals frustration. So think about that. The things that you expect minus the reality of what they are, meaning minus what doesn't actually happen, equals how frustrated you are. Oh my gosh, it just made me rethink everything I've been expecting lately and realize, ah, now I know why I'm so frustrated. I need to inject a little more reality into my expectations of myself and everybody else. And I can set us all up for success instead of setting us all up for failure. And number five is identify your triggers and come up with a plan in advance so you can avoid being so angry in the future. Do you find yourself getting angry about the same things over and over and over again? Make a list of what those things are. What frustrates you so much at the end of every day or in the middle of every day or every single week? Frequently, we'll find that it's the same thing happening over and over and over. It's okay to say this is making me angry, but it's not okay to keep getting angry over and over again about the same thing. You need to stop that in its tracks. So what you're going to do is make a list. Okay, it makes me really angry when everybody comes home from school at the end of the day and drops their junk all over the entryway when I've cleaned it up and had it so nice for everyone to walk into. Every day that happens and every day it makes me angry. Okay, well, obviously, we've got a problem there. So your expectation can be that people do not come in and drop things. But how are you going to get them there? Come up with a plan. Tell your kids, hey, this is where your shoes are going to go. When you walk in the door, they go in X place. And your backpack is going to go into Y place. Maybe you take off your shoes when you first come in the house. That's what we do. We always take off our shoes because it just keeps the floors cleaner. So we have a basket. We just have this huge basket. When you walk in the house, you chuck them into the basket. Does it look super neat? No. But 
it gets the job done. So that way, also guests that come in, they see, oh, all their shoes are in the basket. So they know to take their shoes off and I don't have to tell them. And then they can just take their backpack and put them right into their room. Maybe there's a place in their room. Maybe you don't care if they drop it on their floor as long as they shut their door and you don't have to look into that place. So things like that, but have a plan in place. Stop the anger before it starts. You're going to enjoy your life a whole lot more. So we've talked about the 800 number if you need help. And Amanda had talked a little bit about Celebrate Recovery. Celebrate Recovery is just celebraterecovery.com. You can go there. You can check it out. I know they have meetings all over the U.S. for all different kinds of things that you may be into, that may be bothering you, that people around you are dealing with. And there's lots of other programs that you can find online. And I just encourage you, don't live your life in anger, because not only is that robbing you of your joy? It's taking away the fun out of your life. And you're also teaching your kids that that's how they're supposed to be living. So do some soul searching, think about how you've been reacting and responding to things. And whether or not you want to choose going forward in the exact same direction. And if not, make some changes, get some help it can be real simple. It may be a little more intense depending on where you are, but it's so worth it in the long run because we're only doing this life one time. So we might as well get all the happiness that we can out of it. And if you're angry, obviously you can't be happy. And I want you to be happy. So I have another way for you to be happy. And I wrote a book about having fun and being happy. It's called The Sick Mom's Guide to Having Fun Again. If I can do it, you can too. And I would love it if you would check it out. It's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, anywhere you can buy a book online. And also our music today was A New Day by Scott Holmes. Next week, we are going to continue our series on loving yourself. I look forward to talking to you then.